Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And before we jump into the program, I want to welcome everybody that's new to the show. And I also want to wish a happy holidays and a happy new year to everyone who's listening to the program. Before we jump into the program, I also want to say make sure everybody out there, you enjoy your family, you take a break from it, you try to desensitize, and you have a great time with your family. Also, I want to give a happy birthday shout out to my grandfather, Jack Williams. Happy birthday, Pat Pat. Rest in peace. He's a Christmas baby. I also want to give a big shout out to my uncle Greg. That's a Christmas baby. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my cousin Sherry, who is celebrating a birthday today on Christmas Eve. If you want to join the experience, the new standard experience, also, you can hit us via YouTube. Go to YouTube, do a search for The New Standard, and Neil Kulong, N-E-I-L, cool, as it's spelled O-N-G, or you can search for The New Standard and Lance Williams. And also, the program is available on all podcast platforms. Also, want to say a big shout-out to Double H. Thank you, Double H, for the kind wishes. Double H wrote, first again, happy holidays to The New Standard Nation, and of course, to our hardworking hosts, Neil and Lance, thank you to everybody out there who listens to the program. You guys make it fun to do. And without you guys, there would be no point to do it. And last but not least, I want to give a big shout out to, I think, who's my most important show sponsor, Great Dads. I want to end the year strong by giving props to Great Dads versus everybody. You see the shirt in the background. Make sure you please support the great movement of great dads versus everybody. There are some fantastic dads out there doing some fantastic stuff. On this particular program, the title of it is, How Will COVID-19 Impact the Steelers-Chiefs Matchup? If you're listening to the show live, can somebody please give me the betting line on the game? Because I want to talk about that as well. Um so the topics we're going to hop into on this particular program, we're going to talk about that. We're going to close the book with a couple of numbers on the Titans game. And I think when you saw the Titans play yesterday against the San Francisco 49ers, I think you realize just how significant of a win that was against the Titans and just how, let's just say, interesting that win was against the San Francisco 49ers. So we're going to close the book on that. Uh, one other thing we're going to talk about in the program, we're going to break down this Kansas City Chiefs game. And I also want to talk about uh, a, a couple of topics because, unfortunately, when you do this type of program, you know, you're trying to get the word out on the program and you want people to listen. So you involve yourself and you, you get into conversations about the Pittsburgh Steelers on Twitter. And there's a couple of topics that jumped up on Twitter that I want to talk about. And, and one of those I want to jump into is, should fans want the Steelers to not make the playoffs? I want to hop into that question. And also, I want to jump into, do fans have the right to judge how another fan consumes the Pittsburgh Steelers? What they do with their fandom, because I often see you're not a real Steeler fan if you don't do you're not a real Steeler fan if you don't do. You're not a real Steeler fan if you don't do. And big up to Stephen Crocio with the Titans 
uh, image in his background and his profile picking big up to you, man. You are, you're, you're, and I really appreciate Steven hopping onto the program because, you know, maybe it was a bet that Steven lost and he had to make the Tennessee Titans as his logo in the background. But if he's a Titans fan listening to a Steelers podcast, I think that's the ultimate compliment to the quality of this show. But let's jump into a couple of numbers to close out and put a bow on the Tennessee Titans game just to show you just how improbable that victory was and how you probably will not see a game like that in the foreseeable future. So let's jump into the first number that I thought was pretty interesting in the game that I did not mention or me and Neil did not mention on Tuesday's program or maybe it was Monday's program. I think it was Monday's program. And that was that neither the Tennessee Titans or the Pittsburgh Steelers had a pass play of over 20 yards. And in the National Football League, an explosive play is defined as a play going over 20 yards. In this particular NFL where everything is set up for the advantage of the passing game, I don't think you will find a game in which neither team had an explosive passing play. Like ever. Like ever. That will not happen, or if it has happened in a football game this year, it's been rare. And if it's happened, please, somebody tell me that it's happened. I'd be willing to make a bet on it. Um, but even if I wouldn't and I would lose the bet, I wouldn't be mad. Because it just shows you just how bad both teams were offensively. So that, that number stood out to me. Here's a number that stood out to me as well. The Titans had more rushing yards than the Steelers had net offensive yards. And the Steelers won the game. That has happened. But what probably has not happened in a matchup like that is your team wins the game. So that shows you, you know, and sometimes in a season to get where you want to go, I'm not going to say lucky because every win that you get, you deserve. But I am going to say that you stole one. Sometimes you have to steal a win to get there. Sometimes you, you, you have to get fortunate bounces, a lot of turnovers. You have to do some things that you don't think is going to happen. But this was a game in which the Steelers got one. It's one that they maybe shouldn't have got based, to pay, based upon a lot of other factors, but they got it. And sometimes you have to get that improbable win. And I don't want to say lucky. I don't want to say you stole it because you earn every win that you get. But sometimes you have to get that one that's very improbable to get you where you want to go, to, to win a tiebreaker. But when I look at the Steelers, I think the tie is going to be the thing that is going to be the issue for them as they try to make it into the playoffs. Because at 8-6, eight, 8-6, six, eight and six, instead of 7-6-1, and one, they'd be looking pretty pretty if they could just get one more victory and finish nine and well, let me just nine and eight, or, or 
You know, because I always get this confused because it's 17 damn games. The NFL with its, I'm not even going to get into the NFL and the mixed messages that it sends consistently with players' health in regards to COVID-19 because COVID-19 will be a very important topic as we jump into this particular ball game and try to break it down. So Steelers got an improbable one. The last one, and I want to credit this to Aditi, Steelers reporter for ESPN, she said the following. You want some more perspective on how utterly amazing the Steelers went over the Titans was yesterday? It was the first time at least since at least 1940 that an NFL team amassed less than 170 yards, less than 35 yards, and gave up 200 yards and still won the game. That just shows you how improbable it was that they won the football game. And you don't apologize for it. You win, you move on, and you correct. So let's turn the page on that game. Let's put a bow on it. Great victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they do indeed make it to the playoffs, it will be one of those games you can point to, sort of like the Colts game last year where they were reeling and they played really good football, won that Colts game, lost out and then got bounced in the first round in the playoffs by the Cleveland Browns. And I want to remember that Cleveland Browns game when we get back to uh, the other topic in the show where we talk about should the Steelers make the playoffs. And big up to Jamie. Thank you for the well wishes, my brother. And Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Festivus to all of you guys out there. So let's jump into the big news and the injury reports. One of the big in- news things, items that's coming out and that's been reported, and this was something that uh, me and Neil were going to talk about. And also, please say a prayer for Neil, that Neil travels safely. Neil is making his commute back to Minneapolis, and let's hold Neil in his prayers. I think Neil is on the route. I think it's going pretty well. We've gone back and forth in terms of some tweets and some texts and stuff, and it looks like Neil is making his way. Hopefully, he will arrive in Minneapolis before Christmas starts. Um, and big up to Steve Crocio again, uh, who's active in the chat, Tennessee Titan fan. And thank you. And this show is welcome to any fan of any fan base. If you want to jump in and, and, and just talk about some good football, we talk about good football on this program, so you are welcome. And please spread the word. Give us a like and a subscribe. And Neil, there was a tweet um, that Neil made earlier this week in regards to Adrian Clem, it being teased uh, that Adrian Clem uh, is audition, not auditioning, is interviewing for some new interviewing, interviewing for some new jobs. Uh, I think it's at Oregon because I'm trying to talk and read the tweet at the same time and clearly it's not working. So let me just read the tweet. Dan Lanning is looking in to bring Steelers offensive line coach Adrian Klim to the same spot at Oregon to be the offensive line coach at Oregon per ESPN Rittenberg. Um, And and Neil's tweet also, he said, I don't recall a Steelers assistant leave for another position unless it was reasonable to suggest he was encouraged to do so. Sean Krugler rings a bell. And we talk a lot about the inconsistency of this offensive line. It's a young line. So you expect some growing pains. What you don't expect is inconsistent football, 
by Dan Moore, and, and by the rookie center, and, and by Green. You don't, you don't expect inconsistent football uh, all year. You, you, you want to start seeing the players get better. You want them to establish a better baseline. And right now, what they're establishing is a baseline of bad tape. And you don't see them getting better. In fact, you see Kendrick Green getting worse, regressing, getting beat up physically. Um, you, you see more with his struggles to continue, continued struggles. You see the continued struggles of the running game and pass protection. You don't see this offensive line getting better in any way, shape, or form. What you see it doing is treading water. And, and so to that point, what I think this means is that Adrian Clem will be replaced. I'm not sure of the availability of Coach Munchak, but if they could get Coach Munchak back, I know I think when Coach Munchak went to Denver to be the offensive line coach out in Denver, I'm not sure if he is still the offensive line coach in Denver, but I believe he went out there for family reasons. Um, I think he wanted to be closer to his daughter. I think he wanted to be closer to his grandkids. And so he went out there. And there was some thought that at the time when he went back to Denver to be part of that staff that possibly, um, you know, there were some issues between him and Mike Tomlin and so on and so forth. I don't think that was ever corroborated by anyone in the media or even talked about much. It was just speculated at the time. Um, so hopefully if he is available, and this is just me talking without knowing if he's available or not, uh, but if he is, if he's available to be on the staff, uh, it, it would be it would be fantastic uh, if, if they could bring him back uh, because he's a fantastic coach. Um, but I guess even if he wasn't available, I, I guess he could resign and then go back to uh, the Steelers if he wanted to. And I'm looking at it right now. He still is the offensive line coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Munchak, Hall of Famer, gold jacket guy, one of the best guards to ever play. 28 years experience as an offensive line coach. It would be awesome if he were able to return. But let's jump into a breakdown of this game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think the biggest thing that's hanging over this game, of course, is COVID-19. And the, excuse me, I believe it's pronounced Omicron virus, or excuse me, Omicron variant. If not, I will use Omicron, and I probably will go back and forth with each. Uh, and, and I think the significant thing that is showing up in this game is injuries due to COVID and being on the injured or the COVID reserve list. And when you look at this game, you know, that 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 is having a tremendous impact on the game. Because when you look at the injury report, you have significant players in the game on the injury report, particularly on the Kansas City Chiefs side. Now, I'm looking at the line right now. Uh, the line is at a minus eight and a half, and the over-under is at 40. And I believe the line started at 10 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not a gambler, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong uh, uh, there. And... And that's because primarily when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs list, and this was listed a long time ago, you have Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill out due to being placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. 
Also, you've got Harris Butler or Butker, excuse me, their place kicker was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. You've got Blake Bell out, was placed on the COVID-19 list, their tight end. You have Rashard Fenton, a cornerback, placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Nick Bolton's on the list. Kyle Long is on the list. Lucas Niang is on the list. Armani Watts is on the list. Mike Rimmers is on the list. So when you look at both sides of the ball, Jody Fortson's a tight end that was placed um, on injured reserve as well. Both teams, um, and, and let me let me just list off the Steelers' um, COVID-19 issues that they have. Anthony McFarlane is out due to COVID-19. Isaiah Bugs, Devin Bush. Uh, Kevin Dotson did return off of injured reserve, but he is not. As I've uh, as I've looked and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I don't believe he's been activated yet. Uh, Zach Banner is out. Marcus Allen is out. So both teams are going into this game really beat up um, physically. Uh, both teams have a lot of issues in terms of COVID nineteen, and so it's really hard to predict. You know how this game is going to go, uh, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it is, you know, unfortunately, you don't want to look at it this way because, you know, you hope everyone is healthy. But when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of breaking down this game, um, it's going to be advantageous to them that arguably two of the best players at the position in the National Football League, and, and shoot me if I were to say this, uh, I, I think Cooper Cup might be the best wide receiver this year. And speaking of player stuff, before I, got, I get into the breakdown of the Chiefs game, big up to TJ Watt, big up to Cameron Hayward, who were selected to the Pro Bowl. One possible snub. Deontay Johnson, I think, had better numbers than Keenan Allen. But I think what, what hurt Deontay Johnson is that the Steelers' offense is, is trash. The Steelers' offense is not very good. Um, and, and, and also, um, the, the Steelers are just okay as a football team this year. Um, and, and that's not to say that the Los Angeles Chargers are much better than the Steelers. Uh, um, but, but Keenan Allen has a brand that has been in the pro bowl. So I think he got a little bit of it of the doubt. I think what'll have to happen for Deontay Johnson is he will have to put up another season like this before he gets considered. Um, and, and let me jump into the comment from uh, Dave Yu. And Dave Yu, Merry Christmas to you. I think the NFL needs to adopt a buy for all teams when COVID gets bad for player safety. That would be reasonable if you thought that the NFL cared about player safety. And I don't know if you've written, or excuse me, if you've read uh, some of the modifications to the COVID-19 list. Essentially, they set it up to where asymptomatic players can play makes no sense to me uh but we won't get into that i will not digress but when you look at the backdrop of how COVID 19 has impacted this game i think actually you know i did say it makes it harder to predict but what i think what it does is i think it makes the game even easier to predict and easier to, to look at this game i mean you're looking at a game in which I think you clearly have, as the line would suggest, at eight and a half, a better football team. The Chiefs are a better team. 
and the Steelers going to Kansas City to play a hot Kansas City Chiefs team who right now is the number one seed in the National Football League, or excuse me, in the AFC. By no means is Kansas City bulletproof. But when you look at both teams, just if, and I'm going to give you some numbers to back up some of my thoughts on this game, but just at first blush, when you look at these teams, you don't really think that there's an equivalency here. When you look at both teams, you clearly think that the Chiefs are better. I mean, you're looking at a Chiefs game or a Chiefs team who's plus 89. You're looking at a Steelers team that's minus 44 in terms of point differential. And what that means is the Steelers are giving up about or getting about 20 points per game, and they're giving up about five, 25. That means they're they're basically getting out point, outscored by close to probably about three and a half, four points per game over a field goal. What that suggests to you, just if you didn't know anything else about these teams, one team is pretty good, one team is not pretty good, and that team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, in fairness to the Steelers, they're just an average team. You know, they're not the Jets. You know, they're not the Texans. They're not the Jags. They're just an average team, and this year being an average team is a good thing for the Steelers because the AFC is average. And very rarely, and this probably in this past decade, at this point in the year, would the AFC leader, the one seed, only have 10 wins or would have four losses at this point. That's the rare thing. So the Steelers are, are, are kind of just slotting into mediocrity. And big up to Melvin. Thank you for hopping onto the program. Don't worry, Melvin, about being late. Um, and Melvin talks about how the KC defense is not great at all. But the Steeler offense is not great at all. And it'll be interesting. And that's the rub. I think the rub here is when you score like the Steelers score, my overall theme, my Nipsey Russellism looking at this game at the 64,000-foot level is the Steelers are so inconsistent on offense that even if the Chiefs don't come out hot, because the Steelers are so inconsistent on offense, the Chiefs will have a number of drives where they can find it because the Steelers probably aren't going to come out and score a touchdown and put pressure on them. The Steelers are going to come out and struggle on offense. That's what they've done consistently all year. And so the Chiefs will have time to find their way on offense if they come out struggling. And so because the Steelers' offense isn't great, it will allow the Chiefs to find their way and their footing in the game offensively, even if they don't come out hot. But if they come out hot, the Steelers have no chance. So when you look at these two teams overall, just from more of a top level, you know, one thing that breaks down as an important matchup is the Chiefs are a fantastic team on third down. 
And what you can't allow the Chiefs to do is to continue to convert third downs because if they do, they are going to eventually get you in there going to score touchdowns. So you have the matchup of the NFL's third-ranked offense in terms of third down with the Chiefs against the Steelers, who are 13th in that regard, which is solid. So there's a nice little matchup there. And if the Steelers can play solid football on third down, or even if they can slow play, play a lot of two-high shell, a lot of cover two, cover six, which a lot of teams have been doing against the Kansas City Chiefs this year to try to hold that big play offense in check. And with Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey being out, I think that would be the prudent route to go for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Play a lot of cover two, a lot of cover four, a lot of cover six. Two high safeties. Keep that explosive offense in front of you. But the Steelers with the worst rushing off, excuse me, rushing defense in the National Football League, giving up about five yards a carry. If you play the two high safety game, you're going to have to be really good in your front seven and keeping the Chiefs running game down. So, and that's one of the issues in this game is for the Pittsburgh Steelers is to play that strategy. And you've seen the Steelers do that in recent years against the Chiefs is play a too high safety shell against them and try to keep everything in front. But to do that, you have to be able to control the running game with seven. And that's what I think will be the key in this particular game is can you control the Chiefs running game with seven? When you talk about the Chiefs and the reason why you want to play a too high cover shell, because they have backup speedy guys that are still effective and the offense is still very schemed. They are averaging, you know, 7.1 yards per pass, which is 10th in the National Football League. So they are explosive. But the big number for the Chiefs when you play the Chiefs is you're going to deal with a bunch of pass attempts. And so the Chiefs do run it, or excuse me, they do pass it 40 times a game. So that's an issue. They get 287 yards a game passing the ball, and they're very good in terms of pass protection. They've only given up 25. And I think that's the other key area where the Pittsburgh Steelers have to win in this game. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and that front seven has to be on fire. They have to be, be able to get pressure without blitzing. They have to be able to stay in the cover two, cover four, cover six look combination coverages out of a two high look to keep everything in front of them. And they have to get pressure and they have to be able to stop the run. I mean, the number in this game, if you take the approach of playing a lot of cover two against the Chiefs is, it's that 4.9. I mean, the Steelers' run defense dropped from 4.9 to 5. You know, or excuse me, from 5 to 4.9, but man, it's basically the same. I mean, they have to do a much better job controlling the running game. They have to. If they don't control the running game, they have no chance of winning this game. And that's the problem with this defense, that the only thing that the defense does well is rush the passer, in which I think they have the second most sacks in football. And here's a number to tell you why teams that, that teams do not respect the Pittsburgh Steelers' rush, rushing defense. Excuse me. Teams are running it. 30 times a game against the Steelers, which is the 27th most in the National Football League. 
when teams are running it that much against you, they know you can't stop the run because the Steelers are giving up almost an NFL worth 144 rushing yards per game. So the Steelers are going to have to get pressure and choke out the running game. And so that is the key to this game. In terms of offensively, the Steelers don't do anything well offensively. They don't run it offensively. They don't generate big plays in the passing game. The best thing for the Steelers to do in this game is not turn it over. Try to run the football, pass, protect well, scratch and sniff to see if you can get something going. The best route for them would be able to possess the ball, be able to run it effectively, and not give the Chiefs tons of drives where it sets up a snap scenario in which the Chiefs are plus 15, plus you know, 12, 13, you know, double-digit plus and snaps. The other thing I think is critical in this game is the Steelers will have to turn Kansas City over. If they don't turn Kansas City over and they have no chance to win this game. But like Melvin said, two high safeties invites the run. But I don't know if you want to go up against that passing game with Mahomes back there slinging it. Because although Kelsey and Hill are out, they do have other capable weapons, Hardman and other guys. And so, you know, I, I think in this game, it's a tread water game on the offense. This is all on the defensive side. Hopefully the defense can get some three and outs, set up good field position. The Steelers can establish the run and hopefully put themselves in a position to score some touchdowns. Although I don't think the Chiefs defensive unit is great. They have been playing much better over the past six or seven weeks. And I think when you look at their defense in this seven game winning streak, it has been the catalyst for what they do, for how they have been winning, that their defense has been the unit that has pulled them along. And before I give you my prediction again, please like and subscribe to the show. And so when I look at this game, I just don't think there are a lot of routes for the Steelers to win this game. The Steelers have, I believe, three games left on the schedule, and this is one of them that I don't win. I don't think they're going to win this game. Um, I do think they will win. Of course, we'll break it down. We'll let you know. Um, I, I do think they will win one of their last three for sure. Um, uh, but I, but I don't think they're going to win this particular game. I think this is a tough game. I think Kansas City is better than the Steelers. Um, I just don't think the Steelers are are good enough offensively to keep up. Um, I think even. With Hill and Kelsey out, I think it's still going to be tough because defensively, all they do well is pass rush. I think the pass rush has to be absolutely sizzling because they don't stop the run well. I don't think there's, their secondary is good enough to play cover one, cover three. I don't think you want to put those corners man up on the outside. Um, so I think it's going to be very difficult for them to go into Kansas City and win this game. Uh, but I think when you look at their schedule, there is a winnable game left on that schedule. Um, and, and we'll tease that and we'll break that down when that happens. So um, I picked the Steelers to go 7-10 and 10 this year. Um, it looks like they are not going to go 7-10. and 10. 
if what I think is going to happen over the last couple of games. Um, but we're close. Um, you know, I don't want to pop my collar and say, I told you so. Um, but looking at the last couple of games, let me look at the game. Let me schedule right here. Let me pull it up right here. Uh, they got Kansas City, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Uh, I, I think they win one of those three. And I, I think the tie will be what keeps them out of the playoffs. Um, I think Double H, I agree with Double H. And let me give a score here. I think winning turnovers is the only way to beat KC. I think they're going to have to be like a plus two or plus three um, on, uh, you know, in the turnover report. And also there's a question in the chat about the Friermuth injury. I have not heard uh, much about Friermuth and his injury. And, and I can look it up, but that was a wicked hit. Um, that was a wicked hit that he took. Um, and he's take and he's had a couple of concussions this year. Um, and so it may be tough for him to get back. Um, you know, whether he gets back or not, I, I think Firemuth is a solid player. Um, I, I think he'll be good. I, you know, I don't, you know, I just think he's solid, you know, I, I mean, no special effects. I mean, he's, um, he did not participate. So he didn't participate in practice. So it looks like he's probably still in the concussion protocol. I, I think Friermuth is solid. I think they have their tight end of the future. Um, will he be a Kelsey? Uh, will he be a Gronk? Will he live up to big Gronk since he's baby Gronk? Um, you know, will he be a uh, George Kittle? Time will tell. Um, I think he has big paws. You know, it's just a phrase when you're looking at puppies. You know, he's a big pawed puppy. Uh, he's got good traits. Uh, what I want to see out of his game is I want to be, I want to see him be able to lift defenses. I want him to be able to um, run vertically and attack the inner seams, to attack the hashes and run skinny posts and attack the seams. And what we haven't really seen from Fryermuth is, you know, how good is Fryermuth after the catch? When you look at elite tight ends, um, you know, he definitely doesn't have the physical characteristics of, you know, a Kyle Pitts. But when you look at tight ends in this game, you know, I think tight ends still have to be dynamic after the catch. Uh, I mean, he's not Jesse James. I think he's better than Jesse James. But, you know, in my opinion, it ain't much difference. Uh, I have to see his ability to run different routes in the route tree, um, to run the dig, to run the out and also to run the skinny post in between the numbers. I want to see that as well as his ability to catch the football in the red zone, and I want to see his ability after the catch. He's a young player, so I don't think the story is completely out on him. I think we're going to have to see what he evolves to um, as he goes on. But let me give you a prediction for this game. So I'm going to predict that the Kansas City Chiefs will win this game. I'm going to go uh, 28-17. I think they cover. Um, I think it'll be an interesting game to see how Kansas City adjusts without Kelsey and, and, and Tariq Hill. But I think Kansas City is the be better team on both sides of the ball. They have the better quarterback. I think they have the better head coach. Um, I think they have the better offensive coordinator. I think they're just better across the board in a ton of areas. Um, and they got Mahomes. I mean, at the end of the day, they got Mahomes. The Steelers do not. Um, and, you know, I think that will also be the biggest issue in this game. So I like the KC Chiefs to win this game 28-17. But I want to jump into, and there was a good comment in here, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't, 
you know, I don't think um let me jump into the comment here. And and this is a good comment. I want to read this comment. Assalamu alaikum, my brother, the Ali Howard species 5618. And I asked the question about um and, and I'll jump to the other question. Do fans have the right to judge fandom? And Ali Howard species 5618 said, to each his own, fans are real people. In life, there's losers and go-getters. So expect the same from fans. Some want to win while others want to justify losing. Oh, so so, so thank you. I'll, I'll jump into my first part. And the question is, should fans want the Steelers to not make the playoffs? And, you know, if you've listened to the show, you guys know about my head coaching experience at the high school level. And, <laughs> and Ali Howard's piece, he said, uh, Lance predicted the loss, so the Steelers are going to win by 50. And as a head coach, there is something that you learn, in my opinion, from winning and something that you learn from losing. And you guys are going to say, oh, damn, Lance, you're, you're Sherlocking us right now. And what you learn primarily from winning is how to win. And what you learn from losing is how to lose. What winning does is it, 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 it validates your preparation. It validates what you've done as a football team and as a coaching staff to win. It, it validates that. Now, sometimes winning can be intoxicating and you can start getting lazy in your preparation and your habits because you just assume that you're going to win and you take it for granted. That can happen. Losing teaches losing. So when you lose, you lack confidence and you don't know what it takes to win. You just know what it takes to lose. So everything that you do in terms of preparation is getting you prepared to lose. So if I'm going to pick the two, and this is competitive football, they're not playing for kicks and giggles. I would rather win. The other reason, you know, I'm I'm of the fan of I, I I would want my team to win. Also, because it validates the time that I put into the podcast and to watching it. I don't want to give up my time to watch them lose. I, I don't want to do that. However, Here's the caveat, and here's where I understand why some people would want them to lose. Because in football, presumably, if you lose, especially when you're sexy tanking and you're in a rebuild, what losing would do for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, because I don't think we, it would be great for this team to make the playoffs, right? They they get the winning they get winning, they get the taste of winning in their head. So that that's great for a young football team. It validates their work. They know what it takes to get there. They feel that pressure, that nervousness. Getting to the playoffs is always a good thing for a good team. And it's a process of winning. You have to learn how to win. So getting to the playoffs is good. It gets you to that next step. But only if it gets you to the next step. Because is getting to the playoffs for one season and potentially not getting there for several seasons after that better than 
getting into the top 10 in the draft and securing great draft capital in your rebuild. And that's a and that I think is a fair argument. Now, if you told me they would get to the playoffs and that would kick off a five-year playoff run where they eventually cap that off in a Super Bowl, of course you choose that. But nobody has that crystal ball. And when you look at this roster, you look at all the holes, offensive line, defensive line, secondary. You got both safeties could be in free agency. TJ Watt, you know, needs, you know, needs more help in terms of the pass rush. So does Cam Hayward. What's happening with Stephon Tewitt? What's going to happen with the cornerback position with Joe Hayden? Uh, what's going to happen with, it's what's going to happen with the what, what's going to happen. What's 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 going to happen. You got a whole bunch of what's going to happen with with this roster and they don't have a quarterback. And Melvin says it. And I, and I agree with Melvin, especially in the face of extreme adversity, winning breeds, winning and winning attitudes. I get it. I understand. But what also breeds winning is a good ass roster. What also breeds winning is a better offensive line, a better center than Kendrick Green, a better tackle than Dan Moore, a better tackle than Chooks Okorafor, a better inside linebacker than Robert Spillane, Devin Bush, or Joe Schobert, a cornerback to replace Joe Hayden, a quarterback that's better than probably the Steelers starting quarterback next year, Mason Rudolph. So it's a hard, it's, 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 uh, it's a, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard thing, but I can understand how when fans go back and forth, us fans go back and forth on Twitter. Sometimes my comments will come out negative. Sometimes my comments are a blend of 64,000 feet mixed with granularity because I would love the Pittsburgh Steelers to be drafted in the top 10 consistently. And I'm of the age um, that you don't just go to the playoffs. You go to the playoffs to win. But I, but, but I have become older because I do realize that the process is part of it. And Ollie Howard, Species 5618, said, people are blind on draft picks. Better picks don't equal wins later. Jarvis Jones and Artie Burns. You are absolutely correct. But you do need draft picks. Draft picks don't guarantee anything except that they're drafted. They are unknowns. I understand. But you can't build your team strictly on free agency. Because free agents are unknown once they go to your team as well. So it's a game of unknowns. You just have a little bit more certainty around free agents. You know if you got Jalen Ramsey, all of a sudden, you might have the best cornerback in football. You do know that. There's enough tape to suggest that. But what you don't know in that scenario is how Jalen Ramsey acclimates himself to your defense and can he do what you ask him to do. But Draft picks are essential, particularly when you have as many holes on your roster as the Pittsburgh Steelers. So 
you know, if they drafted in the top 10, that would be great. You're at the top of the round each round. You're getting great players potentially all over. Hopefully, cap space is another issue. Uh, as James said, James Galway said, cap space also, and they'll have a ton of cap space. So the Steelers have a lot of weapons in their arsenal to rebuild this thing. The And the Rams to Ali Species, Ali Howard Species, 56118, the Rams are going to destroy themselves. The Rams' process of how they're building the team with no draft is it, terrible. However, you do need guys that can play. The draft is part of it. Big up to my guy, Grayson Brown. But, I, you know, I, I, I lie on the side of winning. I would not mind if this team went to the playoffs. I think it would be a learning process for the players that remain. But I still think the reboot is happening either way. If they go to the playoffs, it is good for the players that remain. But Ben is not playing next year. They will have no quarterback, and they have significant issues. So I don't think it will be a case of if they go to the playoffs, they use that to propel them to multiple playoffs runs moving forward because they're not going to have a quarterback. So that also, you know, that also hits me in the head in terms of, well, if I know they're going to get their ass whooped in the playoffs, why don't they just lose and get a great draft and get great draft picks and be drafting in the top 10? I go back and forth on it all the time, but because I spend so much time doing the podcast and I've been a Steeler fan all my life, I want to see them win. I'm used to winning. I want to see them win. But, and this jumps me to my next point, do fans have the right to judge other people's fandom? I'm not going to judge anybody other's fandom. I'm not going to say you're less of a Steeler fan if you want the Steelers to lose out to set themselves up to have great draft position and better draft capital. Because both are an ends to a mean. You know, it's it's a it's a circle. You know, both both sides of it are trying to get to the same place. So I understand the fan that's like, look, we're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. So why not lose out and draft and had a number seven pick in the draft and set the Steelers up for a long run of winning, not just immediate gratification of going to the playoffs this year and getting their ass whooped. I get that. But I don't think that any Steeler fan has the right to tell any other Steeler fan how they should consume the game. You know, like if you ever watched the Malcolm X movie, and it was a sad scene where Malcolm X got killed in the Audubon ballroom. Before that, there was a scene where they set it up the distraction and the guy said, get your hands out my pocket. And he said a word after that, which set up a distraction. And then unfortunately, Malcolm X was assassinated. Get your hands out my pocket. So if you're not, so if you're not making my money and I spend my money on the ticket, I'm going to cheer how I want. Get your hands out of my pocket. This is my money that I spent on this game. And just how I want to consume it, I'm not going to judge how you consume it. Fans are fans. If you want, like Melvin said, 
Um, we don't have the right to judge a person's fandom. It's silly. I just accept fans for who they are and surround myself with positive fans. And I think that's the best approach. If you're a fan that's kind of nervous, sort of a, a negative Nancy or negative, I don't know, negative Nelly or whatever it's called, you might want to surround yourself uh, by those fans. And like Mel said, you might want to surround yourself with just positive fans. I kind of like it in the middle. I tend, I'm, you know, I'm a North side guy, one, five, two, three, three. You know, I got a little positive. I got a little negative Nancy. You know, I got it all mixed together. I'm a Gemini. I got both things flowing. You know, I got both things flowing. You know, sometimes I don't like to get super excited and too far out in front of it because I don't want to get disappointed. Sometimes the pragmatism in me says, man, look at all these numbers. And the Carnegie Mellon in me says, look at all these numbers. Man, I don't know how they're going to do it. Sometimes I can't just run out the house run out the barn and say, it's a fabulous day after I watch the Tennessee Titans game. I know football too well to know that some of this stuff ain't sustainable. But I do appreciate fans that, you know, and big up the double HCMU, baby. That's right, Titans, baby. I do appreciate, uh, you know, the fans that, you know, just a, yay, they can beat everybody. They, they can beat everybody. Yay. They're going to win every game 16 and 0. I get that. I, I just consume the game how you want to consume the game. It's your time. Whether you pay for the time or not, time is expensive. You don't get it back. And if you lose it, you got to find some way to get it from somewhere because you can't replace it. You got to not do something else. So, you know, consume the game how you want to. And big up to James Galway. Yes, Gemini Connection. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, let me read this comment from from, uh, from Dave Yu. And Dave said, I like, to, I like to play to win also. It hurts as a fan sometimes, but it's like a marriage for the good and the bad. I mean, you know, this, 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 you know, this is a labor of love that we do. And, and, and if you if you've uh watched the Steelers for so long, I mean it just goes up and down. And Felicia said, You're the hater, Lance. Um, Grayson wrote, I just follow the team. Fandom is a dangerous energy to take on. Follow the team and remain emotionally detached, except for the moment of watching the game. Grayson, you are so civilized. Grayson has to be the most civilized fan. That's the most civilized and most real comment I've ever heard. And that's probably how we should all do it. We should take a detached approach. But guess what, Grayson? We're Steeler fans. We can't be detached. We cannot be detached because we're crazy. And uh, Double H out here giving a... Uh, <laughs> Double H out here said, yeah, well, that's why I'm twice divorced. Well, Double H, I'm going to give you some marriage tips if I can. Don't make the third time a charm. And don't try to tie the Steelers with six Super Bowls. I'm going to go into another um, comment from Grayson. And Grayson said, I agree. Get a top 10 to 18 prospect and reboot the team. It's how we got Ben. You know, personally, 
you know, I really trust Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and their team building approach and and the way they do it. I would love for the Steelers, (laughs) and Mel said, it's cheaper to keep her. And Double Late said, I know, (laughs) right. Uh, And so, um, you know, I I think the Steelers could be dangerous, um, uh, you know, with the top 10 pick, uh, w- with Kevin Colbert doing the shopping. But I think the biggest thing in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers winning in the future, uh, it- it's just the quarterback question. They're back into the world of they've got to get a quarterback. Um, and-, and Felicia said it best. I can't be stable. True Steeler fans can't be stable because the Steelers is a close playing team. I got kicked out of the stream uh, because Felicia made a reasonable comment and it kicked me completely out of the stream, but I'm back. Uh, But we're going to conclude the show pretty soon. And uh, please say a prayer for Neil, who's traveling across the country to Minneapolis. Um, Hopefully we'll have Neil back on the program Monday. In the comment section on YouTube, give me a YouTube like and subscribe. And please, I'm trying to get to 500 the end of the year 500 subscribers if you are listening to the show and you're not subscribed please hit the subscribe button i'm trying to get to 500 i would love if i woke up at the beginning of the year if i got hit in a Steeler coma after they win the chiefs game somehow after my prediction that they wouldn't win the chiefs program um and i wake up and the steelers are in the playoffs and they win the super bowl please gift me with 500 subscriptions so I can get to a thousand. I want to get monetized so we can try to do some different things. And I'm going to try to put some music into the program today. So if you, if you don't get the podcast, make sure you go to the podcast, go to Apple, uh, Google, Spotify. I'm going to try to put some Steelers Christmas festival music into the show, some Steelers polka into the show and let me know, uh, you know how it goes. And Felicia's on a roll. And Felicia said, uh, if your butt cheeks aren't clenching the seat cushions and your heart isn't on life support, you're not a true fan. <laughs> well, um, you know, I have been that nervous. You know, I have been that nervous watching the Steelers where I've had to go out the house and walk around the corner. I have been that nervous. I was, when I watched the famous game against the Colts where Bussy fumbled um, and, uh, you know, that famous play, you know, a guy that I was watching the game with, big up to John, just left the house. He slammed the door, left the house, went outside, came back maybe 20 minutes later, and we were getting it in, boy. We was taking shots. We was drinking. He was like, didn't they lose? We were like, nah, man, we going to Denver, baby. We going to Denver. Um Grayson is just, uh, man, uh, uh, you know, so it's great. But I don't want to hold you guys too long. I want to thank all of you guys. Hey, the new standard is the new standard. And um, like Mel said, you know, there's been plenty of times being a Steelers fan is is hearing the heart pounding in your chest and you start pacing and you just start doing silly stuff um, and you start getting mad. My Mondays are definitely better after Steeler wins, but I'm much better. I'm much better now. 
But before we get out of here on a more serious note, please, 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 please take COVID seriously. We're not going to make this a political discussion. If you believe in the vaccine, please get vaccinated. Get your booster shot. Take all the steps that you can to protect yourself against the Omicron or Omicron variant. It is very infectious. Um, It is very tough. Um, A lot of families are being impacted. A lot of sports leagues. The NFL had 51 players test positive on Monday. It's busting out everywhere. So make sure, man, if you don't do it for anybody else, uh, do it. You know, you know, do it for your family. If you don't want to just do it for yourself, keep your family in mind. If you don't believe in a vaccine, please make sure you mask and distance. That's for everybody to keep yourself safe. You know, we don't want anybody who listens to this show, and we don't want anybody out there to get, you know, infected from COVID nineteen or take the risk of possibly having severe COVID nineteen and disease or symptoms. And that, and even if you don't. You know, we don't want you to, you know, have your Christmas ruined because you're isolating from everyone else. Um, So please do what you feel is best for yourself and your safety. Do that. Take care of your fellow man and woman out there and and keep your mask on and socially distance at the very least. So for everybody out there to listen to the program, Merry, 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 Merry Christmas to you, to your families. Bring it in safely. Have a fantastic day tomorrow. Um, and, and from Neil and, and myself to you and your families, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to Steeler Nation, Happy Festivus, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. We should be back before the new year. So again, Merry Christmas. God bless to all of you. And thank you for supporting the show. It's been fantastic bringing it to you. God bless. Merry Christmas. And as always, tune in, tell a friend and subscribe.